You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Tuesday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. Today on the podcast, I want to do something familiar but very different all at the same time. The plan is for me to do a primer, but on the Buffalo Bills as if I was a team preparing to face the Bills. And so all the normal talking points and data and stuff that I bring up about other teams in our comprehensive primers, I'm going to do about the Buffalo Bills. And so I think it should accomplish a couple of things. Number one, for you to have an understanding or a deeper understanding about what this Bills team is, but also add some additional insight and perspective in the way that I talk about the Bills to help interpret my thoughts about the other teams that the Bills play. And so the way that I talk about the Bills players, which you are probably extremely familiar with if you're listening to this podcast, you can kind of gain some perspective from listening to the way that I speak about them and contrasting that to the way that I speak about other teams and their players. And so this should be fun. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get started. And now I'm going to skip the nuts and bolts, right? There's no nuts and bolts here. This is uh, going to be right past the part where I talk about, all right, the Bills are playing this team. It's at this place. This is the broadcast crew. You know, This is the series history. This is the record of the team, all that stuff. The head coach of the Buffalo Bills is Sean McDermott. He's 47 years old. He's in his fifth season as the head coach of the Bills. He has a record of 45 and 30 and he's 2-3 and three so far in the playoffs. Prior to his arrival in Buffalo, the Bills went 17 years in a row without making the playoffs, and they've been to the postseason in three of his first four seasons on the job, and they're on track to be back in the playoffs again this season. Prior to becoming the head coach of the Bills, he was the defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers from 2011 through 2016, Prior to that, he was the defensive coordinator with the Philadelphia Eagles from 2009 through 2010, and before that, he was a defensive assistant in Philadelphia from 2002 through 2008 before getting the opportunity to be their defensive coordinator in 2010. For his career, Sean McDermott has challenged 21 plays, but only five of them have been overturned, and when it comes to penalties, The Bills get penalized a lot. They have drawn 97 total flags this year, including those that were declined, and that is the fifth most in the NFL. So the Bills are the fifth most penalized team in the NFL so far this season. The quarterback for the Buffalo Bills is Josh Allen, 25 years old. He's 6'5", 240 pounds, was the number seven overall pick in the 2018 NFL Draft. He is 35 and 19. The Bills are 35 and 19 with him as the starting quarterback. He was the NFL MVP runner up in 2020, and he's having another strong season, has really developed into a top tier quarterback since entering the NFL back in 2018. 
So far in 2021, he's completing 66.8% of his passes, averaging 280 passing yards per game, 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and a passer rating of 99.1. Now you also have to account for Josh Allen as a runner. He has 294 rushing yards so far this season and five rushing touchdowns. He recently tied Cam Newton's record for the most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback through their first 50 starts. Let's get into his metrics and his splits and just keep in mind that all of the metrics I'm about to provide include all 38 NFL quarterbacks to attempt at least 100 passes so far this season. And so when I tell you where Josh Allen ranks in a particular metric, just know that it is out of 38 qualifying quarterbacks. Josh Allen's average time to throw is 2.82 seconds, which is 26th in the NFL. So not necessarily a fast triggered quarterback. He's definitely one that will hold onto the football, survey the field, extend plays and work off script. When he does get the football out in under two and a half seconds, Josh Allen is completing 77.2% of his passes, 5.5 yards per attempt. That's notable. We'll come back to that here in a second. And a passer rating of 101.2. When he gets the ball out in over two and a half seconds, Josh Allen is completing 58.4% of his passes, 9.1 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 97.5. So, The notable thing here that I want to expand upon is Josh Allen and having a yards per attempt of 5.5 when he gets the ball out in under 2.5 seconds. That ranks 37th out of 38th in the NFL. Josh Allen is 37th out of 38 in the NFL when it comes to yards per attempt when he gets the ball out in under two and a half seconds. And the reason that I'm making this such a big point of emphasis here on the podcast today is because this, to me, is a metric that speaks to the Bills' lack of yards after catchability. When you get the ball out quick, a lot of times you assume that there's going to be some level of post-catch production to help maximize that attempt. Well, Not only is Josh Allen 37th out of 38 in the NFL when it comes to yards per attempt on passes where he throws the football in under two and a half seconds, the Bills are dead last in the NFL and yards after catch per completion at 4.3. Dead last. They're right there with the Dolphins and the Bears and just below the Falcons when it comes to yards after catch per completion. And so this is something that I've talked about for a couple of years now and that it's a very low-hanging fruit area of this offense where they could get better. Just imagine if the Bills could be average when it comes to yards after catch per completion, which is around 5.5 instead of barely over 4 at 4.3. It's definitely an area of the offense that they can improve. Moving on, Josh Allen's average depth of target is 9.2 yards, From the line of scrimmage, that is seventh in the NFL. 12.2% of his passes are targeted 20-plus yards down the field, which is 15th in the NFL. And Josh Allen has a completion percentage of 52% on passes beyond 20 yards from the line of scrimmage, which is third best in the NFL. And so deep passing was definitely a concern for him early in his career. Over the last two seasons, he has been terrific, and he has a passer rating 
on deep passes of 107.5 so far this year, which is ninth best in the NFL. Play action is a big part of Josh Allen's game. 32.8% of his dropbacks include a play action fake, which is the fifth most frequent in the NFL. Now, there's not anything overly notable about the difference in splits for Allen with and without play action, but I will give you the data. His completion percentage is literally exactly the same with and without play action. He averages two more yards per attempt with play action, and his passer rating with play action is 109.1 and 94.2 without it. Now, let's examine Josh Allen under pressure. When he's kept clean and not pressured, He's completing 74.4% of his passes, 7.7 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 104.8. When he's under pressure, his completion percentage is 48.8%, 7 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 85.6. That passer rating of 85.6 when under pressure is fourth best in the NFL. So Josh Allen is one of the top performing quarterbacks in the NFL when he is pressured. Now I want to talk about when he's blitzed. There's some interesting things to dig into here. Um, He's good when he's blitzed. He's really good when he's not blitzed. Let's talk about that. When Josh Allen is blitzed, he completes 61.4% of his passes, 6.7 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 84.8. When he's not blitzed, Josh Allen has a completion percentage of 68.9, 7.8 yards per attempt, and a passer rating of 104.7. That passer rating of 104.7 when he's not blitzed is the best passer rating in the NFL. So Josh Allen handles the blitz well, but he's literally the best in the NFL in terms of passer rating when he's not blitzed. Do you appreciate a well-executed defensive strategy? Of course you do. You're a Bills fan. Just as important as your defensive line is your defensive strategy against thick guacamole. Don't settle for weak chips that can't hold the line. Grab Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips, the 6'4", 260-pound linebacker of chips. And folks, I've been telling you about Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips. They hold up to the test. They don't break in guacamole. They taste delicious. They have great texture, great crunch. They are top-of-the-line tortilla chips. And Every chip is trained to successfully deliver the perfect crunchy guac-filled bite, and that's because they're actually cut and fried from tortillas and grown from organic flint corn in the Buffalo-Rochester area. So pick up a bag at your local Wegmans or Whole Foods Market today and say no to weak and crappy tortilla chips forever. The offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills is Brian Dable, 46 years old. He's in his fourth season as the Bills' offensive coordinator, Prior to that, he was the offensive coordinator at Alabama in 2017. He was an offensive assistant with the Patriots from 2013 through 2016, the Chiefs OC in 2012, the Dolphins OC in 2013, the Browns OC from 2009 through 2010, the quarterbacks coach for the Jets from 2007 through 2008, and a Patriots assistant coach from 2000 through 2006. So plenty of stops along the way and it looks like he's kind of found his home as the Bills' offensive coordinator. He was a head coaching candidate each of the last two offseasons, so there's a chance the Bills lose this guy, and he's obviously doing a good job with this offense. In fact, the Bills have had a top-10 scoring offense every year since 2019 under Brian Dable. So far in 2021, 
The Bills are scoring 29.6 points per game, which is second best in the NFL. They're 50% on third down, which is second best in the NFL. They score a touchdown on 61.7% of their trips to the red zone, which is 11th in the NFL. They average 389 yards per game, which is 5th, 118 rushing yards per game, which is 11th, and 271 passing yards per game, which is 7th. Let's take a look at the offensive personnel. This is an offense that is all about throwing the football to wide receivers. They have a really good receiver core. Their number one guy is Stephon Diggs, who is a do-everything type player. He can win at every level of the field vertically. He can win in the intermediate areas, and he uncovers quickly when the Bills want to get the ball out of Josh Allen's hands quickly. In the slot, it's Cole Beasley, one of the most productive slot receivers in the NFL. They love to isolate him and give him option routes and have him and Josh Allen just get on the same page and find completions. He's a pesky player to deal with. And then opposite of Diggs on the outside, you'll see Emmanuel Sanders, longtime veteran in the NFL, um, was most recently with the Saints and 49ers before getting to Buffalo, where he's been a productive player and complimented Diggs very nicely. They have gotten him the ball down the field, and he's been a really good option across from Diggs filling in for John Brown, who was part of this offense the last two seasons. They also throw the football to Gabriel Davis, a second-year player, um, had a really good rookie season, hasn't been quite as productive in year two, but it feels like he's turning it on a bit and the Bills are finding ways to get him the football. He's uh, a size and ball skills type player that you know Josh Allen will uncork the football to down the field and trust him to go get it. They do a good job of leaking him into space, and you know you have a lot to account for with this offense, starting with Josh Allen, but those other three receivers, and it's easy to lose track of a guy like Gabriel Davis. And so this system really gives Davis an opportunity to be somewhat of the forgotten guy, and he finds a lot of production that way. And so the Bills are definitely a wide receiver-centric offense, but they've gotten the tight end position going this year with Dawson Knox, who was a third-round pick a few years back, and had some flashy moments, but he was inconsistent his first two seasons. Well, he's found consistency this year, has seven receiving touchdowns, which is the most among NFL tight ends right now, and that includes him missing a couple of games with a broken hand, and you know he's still working back from that, but you saw him catch a couple of touchdowns in the Thanksgiving game against the Saints, and so Dawson Knox is now this X factor for this offense to go with the dynamic wide receiver talent that the Bills have at running back, it's a pretty underwhelming group. Their lead back is Devin Singletary, um, third-round pick out of Florida Atlantic a few years back. He's a an elusive type player. He's shifty in tight spaces, but he's not very dynamic with the ball in terms of breakaway speed or home run hitting ability, inconsistent as a receiver, um, but he is pretty creative running the football between the tackles. They've recently gotten Matt Breida going, and if you guys know Matt Breida, he's an explosive runner, one of the fastest running backs in the NFL, and so he provides something a little bit different to this backfield. They really haven't had a speed guy, and uh, because of Breida, they're able to attack the perimeter a little bit more in the running game, and they've started to get him going in the passing game with some wheel routes, with some screens, with some arrow routes, and Josh Allen has found some production targeting Breida in the passing game. Now, the other guy that they have is Zach Moss. He was... A healthy scratch last week against the Saints. 
And my guess is that will be the same again this time around. He seems like he's being phased out of this offense in favor of Singletary and Breida. This offensive line at left tackle is Deion Dawkins. He's their franchise left tackle. He's been a really good player for them. He's been up and down a bit this season, but for the most part, he's at least an above-average left tackle in the NFL. At left guard, it'll likely be John Feliciano, who is coming back from an injury, and he's a physical run blocker, but he definitely has his share of blunders in terms of pass protection. At center is Mitch Morse. He's a rock-solid center, one of the best in the game, really good in pass protection, and he's outstanding on the move. They like to get him pulling and out in space, and he's terrific at connecting with moving targets in the open field. Their right guard is Daryl Williams, who has been primarily a right tackle in the NFL, but uh, they have a new right tackle, which has given them the opportunity to slide Daryl Williams inside where he holds his own and um, is definitely a player that has been up and down throughout his career, but whenever they keep him on the right side, whether it was with the Bills or with Carolina, he's just a better right side player than he is a left side player. And so whether it's right tackle or right guard, he is a quality offensive lineman. And then at right tackle is Spencer Brown. This third-round rookie that they got out of Northern Iowa has crazy size and athleticism, and he has been a major boost to this offensive line. He really elevates the run blocking, and he's super athletic in pass protection. And so it looks like they have a steal there in Spencer Brown as their right tackle. So what are my keys for stopping this Bills offense? Number one, I think you have to try to take away the deep stuff and force them to work underneath routes. See if they can be patient. Now, Josh Allen against the Saints proved that he can be patient and picked his spots, but there have been times this year where he's chasing some big plays and you know is really looking to test the defense vertically, and he doesn't take those profits. And so I would give him a too-high safety look. I would play zone coverage and see if he will be patient with the football. Number two is invite them to run the ball. The Bills have not been a consistent rushing offense. That's kind of been the story over the last couple of seasons. They throw the football all over the yard, but they can't really lean on their run game. And so by adopting that style of play where we're going to give them two high safeties, that's going to give them good run looks, and I will dare them to run the football against our defense. Number three, you have to contain Josh Allen. He's really good in terms of running the football, but when he gets off script and he can roll out, especially to his right, That's where he can really dice up your defense. And so you have to be very committed to staying in your rush lanes and making sure that he can't escape the pocket to his right. Number four is attack the football. The Bills have a tendency to be loose with the ball in terms of their primary ball carriers. Josh Allen has six fumbles this year. Devin Singletary, five fumbles. Zach Moss, two fumbles. And Matt Breida in a very limited amount of reps. He has one fumble. And that's been a problem for him throughout his career. And so attack the football, look to punch it out, and uh, see if they'll cough it up because they do have a history of doing exactly that. And then lastly, mix up your pressure packages. It's okay to blitz Josh Allen. As we talked about earlier, he's the highest rated passer in the NFL when he's not blitzed. Now, he does handle the blitz well, but I think where you can find some opportunities is testing this offensive line, which has... Had some issues this year, and a lot of that is due to inconsistency in terms of lineups. They've had a lot of different combinations, in particular in the middle three of that offensive line. And so 
If you have the opportunity to challenge their communication, run some different twists and stunts and send guys from different alignments and just be creative with your pressure packages, I think that's a good recipe to create some problems for this Bills offense, whether it's Josh Allen being forced into a turnover or this offensive line having a communication breakdown. In life, we're all bound for different things. With Beachbound.com vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or maybe you're bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar or maybe creating my own taco flight. As long as I've got a good view and a drink in my hand, I'll be as happy as can be. With Beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for? Visit Beachbound.com today. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline is your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Check out their new updated website and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and BetOnline is where the game starts. The defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills is Leslie Frazier, 62 years old. He's in his fifth season as the Bills defensive coordinator. Prior to that, he was the Ravens' secondary coach in 2016. From 2014 to 2015, he was the Bucks' defensive coordinator. From 2010 through 2013, he was the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. 2007 through 2010, he was the Vikings' defensive coordinator. 2005 through 2006, he was the DB coach for the Colts. 2003 through 2004, he was the Bengals' defensive coordinator. And 99 through 2002, he was the Eagles' defensive backs coach. So far in 2021, the Bills are allowing only 16.5 points per game. That's second best in the NFL. 275 yards per game. That is first in the NFL. 97 rushing yards per game. That is fifth in the NFL. And 179 passing yards per game. That is second in the NFL. And so the Bills are a very sound defense across the board. They don't give up a lot of points. They don't give up a lot of yards. Let's look at this personnel. At defensive end, they rotate a lot of players. Jerry Hughes and Greg Rousseau are their starters. Jerry Hughes has been a long-term fixture in Buffalo. At defensive end, he's been a productive player. Greg Rousseau is their first-round pick from this past year. He quickly earned a starting role there, and he's made an impact. He's a good run defender already at this point. And um, he had some success rushing the passer earlier this year, but he's been a little bit quiet on the pass rush front in we- in recent weeks. Mario Addison is their next guy off the bench. He's a veteran, productive pass rusher. He's really feasted on having to play less, and he's an aging defensive end, and I think having him in a reduced role has enabled the Bills to get the most out of what's left for Mario Addison, and he actually leads the team in sacks. And then the other player that we'll probably see is A.J. Epinesa, their second-round pick last year out of Iowa. He is a long-armed, heavy-handed guy that has been flashy, but hasn't necessarily played enough to really make a name for himself. But, you know, in short spurts, you can tell that this guy is a player. And then they also have F.A. Obata and Boogie Basham. 
I don't think that both will be active, but one probably will, and they'll use them to reduce inside and rush interior gaps as well as play on the edge. At defensive tackle, their one technique is Starla Tulele, who was a former first-round pick of the Panthers, has since come over to Buffalo and provided them with a solid one technique. Ed Oliver is their three technique. He is a penetration-style player, a top-ten pick a few years ago. Um, Hasn't necessarily put up huge numbers, but he's been consistent. He's particularly good when they allow him to just shoot gaps and pursue the football. You'll also see Harrison Phillips, a third-round pick a few years ago. He will play uh, in place of Star Latulale when he needs a break. And then, you know, Star has been on the COVID list, and so Harrison Phillips has been starting for them, and he's played pretty well. And then they also have Vernon Butler on this roster. And as you know, Vernon Butler has been a bust as a first-round pick and has not met those expectations. He came over to Buffalo from Carolina, and um, he's he's paid pretty well, but he hasn't made much of an impact. In fact, last week against the Saints, the Bills had him inactive as a healthy player and had two of their defensive tackles from the practice squad active over him against the Saints, and those guys played pretty well while Vernon Butler has kind of been a disappointment. At linebacker, they got a couple of studs. Tremaine Edmonds is their middle linebacker, and alongside him is Matt Milano. Edmonds is an alien in the middle of the field, six foot five, 240 pounds, 35-inch arms. He has a lot of range. He really influences passing lanes. He can play downhill. He can get outside the tackles. I mean, he's a stud middle linebacker. And then Matt Milano is a terrific matchup linebacker that can cover tight ends and running backs and play in space and blitz and shoot gaps. And he's a do-everything guy that really thrives in uh, this modern NFL era of defense where you don't have to be the biggest linebacker. You just need to be able to run and chase and cover. And Milano definitely does that. He's a physical player. And then at corner... You know, they don't have Trey White anymore. He tore his ACL. He's one of the best corners in the NFL. They'll be without him for the rest of the season. And so they're left with Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson as their outside corners. Levi Wallace has been a starter for them for a number of years. He's played well. Um, He just is a bit limited in terms of his speed and his overall stature. He's kind of a lean-built guy, and so he has some limitations. But in terms of staying leveraged, being where he's supposed to be, he definitely does that. And then replacing Trey White is probably going to be Dane Jackson, a seventh-round pick out of Pitt last year. Um, Had some flashy moments, but hasn't really built much of a resume to this point in the NFL. And I think there's a chance Cam Lewis could actually be the starter opposite of Levi Wallace, who has been part of their system for a few years now. He uh, got an opportunity to start in the slot earlier this season against the Houston Texans and played very well. And so I am not fully convinced that it's going to be Dane Jackson. It might be Cam Lewis. It might be both. We'll see. Uh, but the one thing we know is that Levi Wallace will start on one side and then a combination likely of Jackson and Lewis on the other side. Now, in the slot, they have one of the best slot corners in the NFL in Taron Johnson. He just received a big contract extension, and they they like him a lot. He's good in terms of tackling. He can cover. He could take away the football. He had some big-time you know, interceptions that were returned for touchdowns last year. He's a rock-solid slot corner. At safety, probably the best pair of safeties in the NFL in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. They're interchangeable. One can play high, one can play low. They can both play in the slot. They can both blitz. They both tackle. They both take away the football. It's a pair of uh, guys that should be pro bowlers, uh, if not all pros this year, and they've been a rock-solid pair since 
2017. So what are my keys for this Bills defense and how to find some success? Number one, I think you have to lean on manufactured throws and checkdowns. The Bills are allowing a passer rating of only 62.8 in the NFL to opposing quarterbacks, and they get pressure on 28.5% of the passing plays that they face. And so both of those numbers are the best in the NFL. They have the lowest passer rating against their coverage and the number one pressure rate in the NFL. So I think you have to flood zones. You know, you're going to get a lot of zone coverage from this team and uh, have routes underneath those zones and get the ball out quick uh, to try to create some spacing issues for this very disciplined defense. Number two is challenge the run defense. I know they're second best in the NFL at 3.9 yards per carry allowed, but they've been known to have a hiccup every once in a while. You saw it this year against uh, the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. In previous years, the Bills have kind of had some some blunders when it comes to run defense, and so I would challenge it. I would try to create extra gaps. I would run the quarterback. I would get the Wildcat going. I would have pullers and unbalanced looks. I would really try to find creative ways to stress this run defense and see if they can maintain their gap integrity. Number three is play action. I think when watching the Bills, one of the issues that I've seen is if you can get the run game going and the linebackers really respect your ability to run the football, they will cheat up and play downhill and create some space behind them in the play action passing game. And so I think that needs to be something that is done to take advantage of this defense. And then lastly is just stay balanced Try to shorten the game. Take care of the football. You know, the Bills are forcing a turnover on 19% of the drives against their defense this year, which is second best in the NFL. And so don't beat yourself. You know, take what the defense gives you. It's okay if you punt. And you want to try to stay balanced and shorten this game and, and keep Josh Allen and that dynamic offense off the field. When it comes to special teams, their kicker is Tyler Bass. He's an outstanding young kicker, a big leg a rookie in 2020, and uh, a draft pick of theirs, and he's emerging as one of the best young kickers in the NFL. Their punter is Matt Hawk, a very below-average punter. He's consistently been among the worst punters in the NFL, and so um, he's not consistent, so, so there could be some opportunities to take advantage of some short fields because he shanks the ball or a line-drive kick that allows the punt returner to create some yardage and uh, set up a short field. In terms of their return situation, it's interesting. They had Andre Roberts for a couple of years, and they've moved on from him. And so it started off as Isaiah McKenzie being the primary punt returner and kick returner. And he did pretty well as a punt returner, but he had a couple of blunders as a kick returner, a couple of unforced turnovers. And so that forced them to bench him, and they elevated Marquez Stevenson from injured reserve. And last week against the Saints, he was their punt and kick returner. Now, he, he performed pretty well. He did have a muff as, uh, as a punt returner, and he recovered that, so no harm, no foul. But you know he's not a guy that has a ton of experience. Obviously, that was his first ever NFL game, and he never was a punt returner at Houston. And so you know it's a situation where both these guys are pretty dynamic with the ball in their hands, but ball handling issues are something to be aware of between both of these returners as both of them have a lot to prove when it comes to being reliable and taking care of the football in the NFL. All right, folks, so there you have it. I did a primer on the Buffalo Bills as if I was some random team and how I would talk about them and discuss the challenges that they present and what ideas I would have for either stopping them or 
moving the football against them. And so I hope you enjoyed that. That was fun for me to to do, and I hope you found that to be insightful. Now, tomorrow on the podcast is going to be an actual comprehensive primer on the New England Patriots, and I'm really looking forward to it. Obviously, they are leading the division right now, and they are an interesting team. There's a lot of new pieces on that football team, and so I'm going to take a deep dive into the Patriots and tell you all about them tomorrow on the podcast. So don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.